0: Hello, my fellow movie fans, and welcome to another show of Feast of Films Theatre, today starring Matthew Black and Ethan R. Hill. There, that's the intro. Oh,
1: yeah. Classic. Classic.
0: Classic. Hello, my fellow movie fans, and welcome to another episode of A Feast of Films. I'm Ethan R. Hill, and with me, as always, is... Matt Black, what's going on, my fellow movie fans? We are back for another episode after that lovely three-hour conversation about uh, Star Wars Episode One. How? Yeah, we are. How, how are you feeling after after talking about Episode One for a lot longer than I think either of us intended to?
1: surprised and tired right that was a lot of talking I was surprised that we talked that much about it and then I also felt very tired that we talked that much about
0: it it's like okay what I think we just take it easy what I'm surprised about is how excited I am to watch episode two now and actually talk about that like that's and that's like a while still but like I'm excited to watch episode two and that hasn't been a thing for me for like a few years Fair enough. So, I don't know
1: if I'm necessarily excited to watch episode two. Well, um, That's the one that I probably haven't watched the longest. Like, I definitely watched one more recently than two. But like two, I just have not very fond memories of. But it may change. It may be different. So that'll be
0: interesting to see what happens. But also going back and like even listening to all the stuff that you could pull from episode one that I never thought about and all the things that you brought up where it's like, there's deep analysis into episode one, which I didn't think was going to be a thing. I'm like, okay, now what can we get from episode two? Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, right? That's where I'm like, like, Mm-mm. are we going to see new things that we didn't see before? Are we going to dig in as deep? I'm really, I'm really curious about it, and I think that's what I'm mostly excited about. I'm just curious what the conversation's going to be. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, nope, we're not. <laughs> we're going to talk about other things that aren't related to that we'll get to that in a bit um what, do you want to start off with the question of the day matt today's
1: question of the day is actually based around some interesting movie news that's come out in the last uh i guess it's been a week or so since it's come out so it's not super recent but you know it's recent in the generality of the history of mankind so recent news and we're gonna go with that today's question of the day is recently The Snyder Cut was released to actually be coming to HBO. The Justice League Snyder Cut. Let me set the stage. This has been a thing that's been going on for a long time. Ever since Justice League came out, people were like, release the Snyder Cut. It's been a hashtag that's been constantly happening for years. And no one ever thought it was actually going to be a thing. But it is a thing. It's been approved. And it's coming to HBO Max 2021. So this is a really interesting development, and I know you're a fan of DC and superheroes as much as I am. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts yep. on this as well. What's what? So what's the question? What do you or think? Is it
0: just? Oh, I guess the I question.
1: Think? I guess the <laughs> the question is just your thoughts on it. The the Snyder yeah. Cut has been a question of the day, but no question. The Snyder Cut's been released, Ethan. Or the Snyder Cut's been announced <laughs> it's, been really... it's going to be released.
0: What do you think? And, um, I have a lot of I actually have a lot of feelings about it. I'm very mixed on it. Because like on the one hand, I'm I'm cool with the fact that Zack Snyder is gonna get to see his vision realized because of everything that happened around that and why he had to leave the project, like his family tragedy and all that kind of stuff that really sucks that that's why he had to step away as an understatement too, like what he dealt with but like the fact that he had to step away and didn't get to see his film finish the way he wanted to i'm i'm happy for him that he's gonna get to see that but on the flip side of that i'm unsure if it's gonna be much different i'm unsure how much of a difference it's actually gonna make on whether or not it's good but I think there's also going to be a lot of people waving a false flag, saying that it's better, saying that it's, oh, look at this amazing piece of art now, and it like if it's not going to right, be, and it's it's one of those things of I think it's cool that it's happening, but I'd almost rather see the thirty million dollars from that budget going towards a different project, rather than just seeing a re-release on a project that we already got that kind of didn't land the first time, and that's kind of where I am like as a, as it a, from a. From a director and filmmaker standpoint, I'm excited. But then also the flip side of that too is I'm getting, now I'm just seeing post after post about, oh no, we got to release the director's cut of this one and like release Suicide Squad, but this way and release this film this way. And it's like, no, I don't need a bunch of this. This is a very special circumstance and stop saying that because the studio meddled in my film, it clearly is ruined because there's a chance that it wasn't, but you're just really high on yourself and think that it was. The Zack Snyder situation was so specific to this project that he had no choice but to step away and someone else came in and the studio then ordered that person to change what happened. That's a very, very, very different situation than being able to see it from beginning to end even with studio interference. So, like, that's why I'm more okay with this. It's just, right. I think a lot of people are going to tout it to be better than what it actually is. So, But we'll see. I'll I'll give it a chance. I'm not just going to dismiss it and be like, no, I refuse to see it, but I will give it a chance when it comes out. How about you? How do you feel about it? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I was never really a big supporter of Release the Snyder Cut. I was like, whatever, okay. Number one, I wasn't a fan of Justice League at all. I think it's the worst of the three that he made. And I'm actually a fan of Man of Steel. I think it's underrated. And that's another discussion for another video. Classic feast of film style but uh yeah i didn't really like justice league i thought it was not very this is not a very good movie at all yeah now the fact he's coming back to make it is it going to be better is it not i don't know it could be worse we have no clue what's going on here he did not get this thing anywhere near finished like they said 30 million it's going to be closer to like 70 plus $30 $30 million is what the article said, but then the actual head of HBO came out and was like, Pfft, I wish it was going to cost me $30 million. Like, this thing is nowhere near done as far as special effects and all the things that have to go into it. So it's actually going to be a
0: way higher cost price than what that article said. They'd almost be better off putting that $70 million towards just, like, you know, eat what the reviews said and all that kind of stuff and just make a sequel. Just, just make a second Justice League film. Make it a bit better hopefully but like just like it, I, I don't know i think that would make more sense to me than spending because like 70 70 million you could make a lot of movies for that you really could yeah. like
1: you could and, and and uh i guess i guess my point is really i'm not the biggest fan of justice league but i'm excited to see what's going to happen i think it's a really smart business move as far as hbo max is concerned HBO Plus? HBO HBO Max. Max. HBO Max. As far as HBO Max is concerned, it's a brilliant move because people have been calling for this for a year. So already you have a dedicated fan base in there and now you have something to draw them in. So it's a great way to get subscribers, at least for the start. Maybe they'll leave after that. I don't know. But I think it's a pretty smart business move. What I'm honestly interested in most is how they're actually going to pull it off. Like how they've been dealing behind the scenes with contracts and those different types of things because this isn't just like this is something special yeah right this isn't just like a bonus feature on a thing people have made the justice league the actors the directors the writers people are made the justice league has been made people have been paid for it and now they got this whole new entity of the justice league being created What's the contracts look like? What's payment look like? Because you gotta, you kind of have to figure you're gonna have to. Do you have to pay these people all over again? What does that look like? So it's really actually interesting because they've already been paid for their work to make one movie and that book was closed. Now it's getting reopened and they're making a totally different movie with the same title. So I'm just kind of interested how that looks from a business perspective and if we'll actually get to hear any more
0: about that. Well, that's I'm curious. That would be interesting to me. A couple positives that I think that might come out of this is i i'd love if this rejuvenated studio interest in henry cavill playing superman because i think he was cast really well but i think he wasn't ever given a chance to actually be superman i think he was given some mediocre scripts that weren't great and that kind of like it didn't sit well with me because he was he never did get to be you know i'm happy superman he was always like but, yeah, exactly. i'm angry Superman, and sad yeah. i'm basically batman but not in a bat suit like it was just it just didn't land for me and then possibly there's rumors to it but i don't anything i see on the internet i don't really take much with a grain of, i take it all with a grain of salt but it's uh ben affleck apparently the studios want him to come back and do his batman film again like come and do a batman film as well so there's people being like "Ooh, we could get two batmans and i'm like okay i'm okay with that but at the same time like I doubt that's going to happen. Why? (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like,
0: so I'm curious about that. I'm curious about the direction it's going to go. I'm just, I'm really torn on it, man. I'm really, I'm not like stoked for it, but I'm not, not interested. I'm just, I'm there. I'm just kind of like. I'm
1: honestly, I'm honestly more interested in it. Like I didn't like Justice League. So seeing something else. Especially even if it's a little bit better. I'll be like, hey, cool. Time well spent. If it's worse, then I guess it's worse, right? What are you going to do? But it has the potential to be better. But also saying Zack Snyder is still the guy who made Batman v Superman, a movie I was not a big fan of either, right? So it's not like I'm saying, wow, whatever Zack does, I'm sure it's going to be perfect and great. Like, this movie may also have had a ton of flaws. I just, I didn't like Justice League as it was. It was so rushed. It was not well put together. The whole Henry Cavill mustache thing was horrendous. To watch that was horrendous and honestly drove me nuts. And it's, you would think it's such a little thing and dumb, but it looked so bad. It looked like he got stung by a bee, like in the face. And they're like, we're just going to record it anyway. Like it didn't look natural. It was terrible. Why wouldn't they just offer? I saw a deep. These are, these are big.
0: Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, like, yeah, you're right. These are big Hollywood studios. They should be able to do a good damn job at this. I saw a deep fake on YouTube where they put Henry Cavill's face on Superman, which is, you know, what it is. And it looked better than whatever they did with the mustache thing. It looked actually right. And I was like, okay, so we can do that on YouTube. How could we not figure out a way to make this happen and look better? Because it was so distracting. It honestly took away from the film because it was so... So bad. Um, but no, I'm excited to see what Zack does. I don't know, maybe excited. Interested is probably the better word. I'm interested to see what he does with it. Yeah, Whether it's going to be better or not, I don't know. I don't really care because I didn't like Justice League as it was, so maybe I'll like this one better. But it's not like it's going to be canon and like, now this is the yeah. Justice League. Like it's just, this is Snyder's cut. This is the one that's actually canon. And the bad Justice League i'm calling it the bad one joss whedon we can say joss whedon's justice league already came out and already affected everything to come after that so just by putting this out is not going to change the course of history right like it's not going to fix up the relationship between ben affleck and you know his whole relationship with batman it's not going to change the henry cavill stuff henry cavill's also they've already i've also seen uh rumors and stuff already that they're talking about having Henry Cavill come back in other DC movies as Superman. And possibly a J.J. Abrams Superman coming. Like, that's going to happen. That would be cool. With Henry Cavill. So, those are rumors. And I'd love to see Henry Cavill back. Because I thought he was just, again, a great He pick. was good. And like you said, he never got to be, like, the Superman that we all know. I liked Man of Steel. But he still wasn't the Superman. Like, he was just a yeah. human, right? He wasn't the god and the, the being the... The icon of justice and freedom and peace and apple pie and you know i mean
0: i have opinions on a superman <laughs> but i'll say i'll save i'll save my opinions on his superman for like a whole other thing because it's there's a exactly. lot that i but like I, I think i have too many opinions that's my how problem. you feel but i have, so I, have a couple... I mean
1: exactly exactly like this movie isn't going to change anything that's already happened so it's just kind of like a little bonus thing to see what could have been and whether that will make it better or not no it actually might make things more sour like oh this is the movie we could have had and now the you know things would have changed differently so maybe it's sour that idea but again it's just i wasn't a fan of justice league so i have nothing to lose here like i just have nothing to lose i'm
0: interested to see what he's gonna do but it isn't gonna change anything at the end of the day but it will be interesting to see I genuinely think they could change the continuity if they wanted to. And like, as long as it doesn't affect wonder woman or Shazam or Aquaman drastically, I think they could still technically have this be the incontinuity justice league because it's at the end of the day, it's their properties. They can do whatever they want. True. Um, Yeah. True. I mean, that'd be a pretty big slap to the face though, to like Joss Whedon. So I have a couple, I have a couple of questions with that actually. Yes. Um, first off, the thing that baffles my mind, because they're big they're big movie studios, they have makeup effects people. Why wouldn't you offer Paramount? It's like, hey, can we shave his mustache, but we will hire a makeup person specifically to recreate his beard exactly. Because there are people who can do that. There are professionals who could do that. Why wouldn't you make I that offer? I think they did
1: offer something like that. I think they did offer, because they were in talks about getting him to shave his mustache. But Paramount's like, no. We need the mustache for our movie, which is fair because he's on set filming their movie. These were unplanned reshoots, right? So I don't blame Paramount. Like a studio has to look after their property. Why have something subpar when you can have the real thing? Like it's these guys' fault that they have all these problems. You guys deal with it. My question isn't why didn't they get Paramount to let them shave? My question is why didn't you just do a better job on the special effects? Because if we can make Thanos look real, why can't we get rid of his mustache? <laughs> like,
0: couldn't they have p- postponed the film by, like, three months? Studios pushed things back. That was another big thing that was happening at the time. Because I think AT&T was buying
1: Warner Brothers or something like that. And Walter Hamada, there's there's an article that came out, whether it was true or not, uh, I don't think we actually know. But there's an article that came out where Walter Hamada pushed forward the... Release of Justice League, they wanted to delay it obviously, so they could do a better yeah. job. He pushed it forward so that he could still get his bonus before AT and T bought
0: Warner Brothers. Oh, that's sketchy, man. I don't like that. And that's I don't like and that that's an
1: article that came out now. Now we can't say like, oh yeah, that's absolutely true. What would happen, or that's absolutely true. What happened, but that's what it looks like. What happened, and honestly, it makes sense because yeah. why would any movie or studio, after you invested so much money into it, just be like no we're just gonna push it out anyway however it is like why wouldn't you just let's put the little extra more time and money into it make it better so it can be better well received and not so rushed but um again this article says walter Amata denied that pushed it forward so he could receive his bonus before at&t ended up purchasing warner brothers and he would have been out he's out right now like he's not in there anymore um but that's that's what it looks like what happened there it was more of a money grab than it was uh <laughs> than it was concern about the actual quality of the film
0: so the other thing too that and it bugs me because i feel i feel like joss whedon gets an unprecedented amount of hate for what happened to justice league i don't think it's joss whedon's it's fault, not his fault personally no so my question to you do you think that if joss whedon was seeing the film from beginning to end so like from script all the way to editing like, that entire thing. If it was just his vision or just Zack Snyder's vision, do you think they would have been better films?
1: Absolutely. Hands down, man. I absolutely think that. And that's why I think maybe even the Snyder Cut may be a better film because it will be Zack's vision from beginning, beginning to, to end. end. Yeah. Or at least more cohesive, right? Hopefully. Joss Whedon was put in this impossible position. Zack Snyder, with the loss of his... Uh, is it his son or his, his daughter. daughter? His daughter. His daughter, right? now that is what a lot of people assume is kind of like the scapegoat reason but we all know warner brothers were trying to push him out before that after the release of batman v superman they're like damn we got to get rid of this guy but he was already halfway through filming you know or working on yeah. uh, justice, justice league, league yeah. so to get him out was tricky but then with that situation i think it just kind of you know allowed them to push him out a little further and they kind of used that reason i think obviously it clearly was that reason but I think it was also a convenient, you know, excuse or a way to push him out. But then Joss Whedon had to come in, pick up these pieces from the other director. And they, and do they reshoots. didn't say, keep making the same movie. They said, completely change the movie. You know what I mean? And do reshoots and fit in these things that weren't part of the cohesive idea. Uh, and yep. that's where you got this movie that was so mix-matched. Some were from old Zack Snyder stuff. Some was Joss Whedon stuff. And he just put them together. So, that's where you're really having that issue there. If either one of them would have been able to take it from beginning to end, I think you would have had better movies. Especially, like, I trust Zack Snyder. I think he's made great movies before. Like Visually, his narratives aren't always the strongest. Visually, he makes pretty cool movies. Um, but Joss Whedon, like, he made the first Avengers. He made Age of Ultron. And Age of Ultron also is a little bit underrated as it is, too. Like, it's not yeah. the worst movie. It's not as good as the original, but it's not the worst. And that maybe even just could have been the original Avengers magic first time seeing all the superheroes together, right? Like you can't, you can't beat that. The second yeah. one's never going to be able to do that because <laughs> you've already done it,
0: right? I think they did though. Like I, I, I love Age of Ultron.
1: Yeah, it's still a good movie. I just, that it, I think it gets more,
0: like it gets it's a not as highly regarded. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It gets more hate than it deserves because it was still a good movie, but I'm just saying, I don't, it didn't capture that magic because you only had one chance to capture the magic, right? Like from the first Avengers, because we didn't have movies like that before.
0: From what I understand, with um, Age of Ultron, that's the one that made Joss Whedon leave Marvel, because he was getting less and less creative say in it. Because that's when they were starting to go for that cohesive, like, okay, we want all our movies to feel like this. And that's where A if you bit look more at, yeah. if you look at Age of Ultron to, uh, I guess more recently, like as soon as Guardians of the Galaxy really had their big impact, and then Thor Ragnarok had its big impact all the Marvel films kind of felt the exact same from age of Ultron on. And that's when it basically Marvel kind of stepped in more of a, I'm not saying they made the movies bad, but they made the movies boring, I guess, or just kind of the, like they weren't boring, but like
1: their idea could work. Their concept could work. Now they had to bring in cohesion to it a little bit more, right? Because they had this idea of individual films and then coming together, but they didn't know that would work until Avengers actually came out and showed them that it would work,
0: but then the problem is the movies became too cohesive. Like there's a thing, there wasn't individualism between each movie, and there there's little bits here and there, but overall, a lot of them are kind of feel the same. But then I guess I guess Black Panther two felt very different, and that honestly, like out of all the movies, I love the Guardians. They're my favorite ones. I think the one that stands the best alone, without anything, is actually Black Panther. Because I don't, you don't need to watch Civil War to get what's going on. They explain that really well. Yeah. It's got a good, tight, cohesive story that fits its own universe. And you don't need to rely on all the other ones. Like, there's nothing to do with... Because there's no Infinity Stone in it, right? No. Like, there's literally nothing... Like, at least with Guardians, you still have it tied to the Infinity War. Like, Black Panther, no. It's such its own thing that, to me, as a... Like looking just films on their own, that one is the strongest. I feel, and that's just that's just my feeling on it. But it's not my definitely favorite. as like
1: an as an individual, yeah, yeah, and not connected to anything else. I think, like, Winter Soldier was great, too, like, in its own right. Like, as an individual movie, like, just the whole Black Ops political thriller, like, just the style of that movie was very different. See, and I miss the campiness
0: of, like, I-, I love the pulpiness and the campiness of the first Avenger. like of I The love, first Captain America? I love, I love yeah. it so much, man. It's just so, it's so good. And, like, we have that debate in our house on a regular basis, because my roommate loves Winter Soldier. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. It's not as good as the first one, and like but like honestly like we we'd like them both like it's i well, think i like he how we probably went
1: from, ca- captain america i like how we're talking yeah dc we went from dc now to marvel <laughs> <laughs> just talking about one guy who is in between both i'd say captain america has the strongest trilogy easily overall out of all the movies right thor's movies for sure were not always the strongest first one was good third one was good second one was pretty weak Iron Man movies, overall, not the strongest, right? Just because he was kind of that initial first guy stepping out, right? Iron Man 1 was good. I still liked Iron Man 2. Iron Man 3 is questionable. Like, they were good movies, but Captain America for sure has had the strongest trilogy. If you've just watched it as three movies, his has for sure been the most consistently strong. Three movies out of all those guys. Now we'll see once the others finish their trilogy, because Guardians would be another one that would be in that. If the third one looks yeah, ex- really good,
0: I'm hoping. The only problem I have with Civil War, though, is that it shouldn't have been a Cap movie. It should have just been an Avengers movie. Like, I don't think I don't think that they needed to make that like because it, it, the the thing is the story is not just about Cap. It's also about Iron Man, right? It's also about all mm-hmm. of them. The enti- it affected everybody. So to me, to make it Captain America: Civil War, it just kind of felt like you no, know, it should have been an Avengers film because it explored. Well, I
1: think they just. They weren't, pla- Captain America 3 wasn't originally Civil War. I think it was just, Yeah. they had the idea, and then they, they honestly, I think, just put that one together very quickly, like Want- with contracts and everything else, because they had to expand like Robert Downey Jr.'s contract to fit it in, and it was just, an, I think it was like one of those things that's like lightning in a bottle, man.
0: And it just came together. I do have a problem with some of the superhero movies like that, where they're latching on to the titles, like they're latching on to popular titles in comic books. And that's why we're going to make it a movie now. It's the, that's the whole reason why, like, so most of, like, the interpretations that people love for Batman are the Dark Knight Returns and Killing Joke. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. the strongest Batman stories, but everyone keeps gravitating them because they're recognizable names. And it's the same thing with Civil War. And it's like, okay, but I'd rather just have a good original story rather than just taking a title of something that I know. And then you make a mediocre version of that, right?
1: Well, I don't know if it's a mediocre version. Like, What's, it, to it, me, obviously it you're never going to capture the grandiose of the comic book arc, but I think using the name is fine. I think, like, they have certain elements that are similar, but really it is its own kind of original story that fits within their universe. So I but don't I have feel a like, problem
0: with it. I feel like the story at the core of what Civil War is about should have still been about that registration, right? Should have been about signing their rights away. Whereas then it turned quickly from, like, signing our rights away to, like, no, it's about Bucky. And it's, like, okay, but, like, that could have been its own cat movie. And then to the side of it, like, in its own movie could have been the whole thing about, like, okay, but us as superheroes, we need to have more responsibility. that's kind of where I think, like, I feel like I wanted, like, an extra movie in that saga rather than cramming two very different stories into the same one. I, mean, Two that's, types
1: into one. I think enough. that's
0: my complaint about most things, though, is, like, you're cramming, like, it's like, I want more of this. I think I said the same thing with Star Wars. I'm like, I wanted an extra film. I wanted that. Like, I always feel like if you, there's there's always an opportunity for some of these stories. Like it's, I guess I can't say all and then some. That's just weird. But, like, I think there's opportunity for a lot of these stories to be stretched out into a couple different movies rather than just shoving a bunch of ideas into one. And I think that's, but it's the same thing with what's well, Batman V Superman. Why did you throw the death of Superman into the end of Batman V, Super, Batman v. Superman? That didn't make any sense. Oh,
1: there's so many things that like, happened
0: in that movie that was like, dude,
1: that was clearly like a rushed trying to catch up to Marvel situation. You know 100%. what I mean? hundred like, percent. Oh yeah. Like it was like that you could have had, like, I just think it would have played better. And you don't necessarily have to have this. Like there's no rules that you have to do it. It just would have been a little bit better to get another Superman movie, a Batman movie, and then at least have the two fight. Like, the thing is, between Civil War, because both of those came out the same year, right?
0: Yeah, Civil War and Batman v Superman was the exact same time.
1: Yeah, we knew these characters, we knew the relationships, they were a lot more deeper, a lot more established, and you cared about the characters. That was not the same for Batman v Superman, because a lot of people, number one, didn't like Superman still i did i liked him i liked him but he still wasn't easy to connect with and you barely saw him batman was new on the scene
0: but he wasn't though he was like that's an a-hole one of my but, favorite but the
1: character ben affleck's batman oh yeah, yeah that yeah, yeah, yeah. rendition of batman right i thought it's you not meant like ba- in the movie well, no one's ever heard of batman no, no like, like the rendition no, of batman and then there was no fighting it was all weird politics it was all like weird Martha. things that happened in stories and then when the fights did happen they weren't they weren't that impressive at the end of the day
0: um, and then they kill superman at the end it was like it's just there was just a lot of things that didn't quite add up one of my favorite least favorite things about that movie about batman batman v superman is how like clark has apparently never heard of batman in his entire life because he's like, Perry, this Batman guy, we got to look into him. And Perry White's like, Batman's old news, no one cares. Just leave yeah. it alone. And he's like, no, but, like, we got to do something about this Batman guy that I've clearly never heard about. Who is he? And, no, Clark, we don't care. No one cares. That's, just leave it alone. But Perry, and it's just like, it's like, how does how do you go through your entire life living across the bay from gotham and being like well, i guess he didn't spend his entire life there but he's been there for a while yeah he's he's also superman like you're telling me that you've never once like heard anyone mention batman and like cause the batman and he's been around for how long because i want to say they, they said he's been around for well he's at the of...
1: end like he ended his career like he's done and then and he came then back he came back like they took it very much from like the dark knight returns idea of batman yep. right so, like, he's already been Batman. And it's strange just even how the cops react to Batman, too. Oh, my movie. gosh. Like, Batman. Like, they're like, and I'm like, dude, what? Okay, whatever. Yeah. It, it Like, there's just a lot of things that don't work in that movie. So, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying Justice League would have been any better, but back to Justice League. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what he puts together.
0: To bring it back to the Zack Snyder question.
1: <laughs> yeah. All the way okay. around. Full circle, baby. Full I like, circle.
0: I like how you led in with like this'll be a simple question of the day. This won't get too deep or introspective and then
1: Well, it didn't get introspective, but I mean there's a lot of well, Matt, there's a lot of
0: different layers to it. How do how do you feel like <laughs> that...
1: we're both like nerds, so whatever oh.
0: like, it's gonna happen. How do you it's feel like happen. Superman Superman's journey relates to you and go? <laughs> okay, let's keep going here, man.
1: We got All right, track. So... Oh man, i don't know how we got from one end to the other to be honest and all the way back around but we did it somehow it's probably way longer than it should have been
0: <laughs> but that was honestly man that was a really good question of the day and i'm really i'm i'm, I'm glad i kind of knew that it was coming because like yeah i had opinions on it i was thinking i've been thinking about it for a while I've shared opinions well, again I, dude i just like how we're like, this isn't going to be very long. And then every
1: time we say that, we just stop saying it. Because it's like jinxing it. We're like, this isn't going to be long. Yeah, Three but as, hours later. As, well, that was a great question of the day. As soon as we blah, stop blah, saying blah, it, blah, we're going to have a
0: 10-minute video and be like, well, that that wasn't that. That was too short. But Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> let's keep rolling, though. So yeah, that being said, uh, we're going to talk about some topics that me and Matt personally have some experience with. Being as we were born in... The year of nineteen ninety one, and that's what we're going to talk. Last about. year yeah. ever, yeah, exactly. Good, I don't great know. year.
1: I have no, I have no grounds to put that on, but I'm just, um, I'm just saying.
0: Metallica's Black album, I believe, came out that year. Um, depends on how you feel about that album, but I know a lot of people love it. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, besides mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> Terminator Two, Beauty and the Beast, Thelma and Louise, Fry Green Tomatoes, Hook, Point Break, Backdraft, Fable Goes West. Oh, a man, lot I of love things.
1: Draft. Oh, I my didn't God, see I that
0: that existed till you just said that. I didn't see it until like last year, man, and it's so good. Oh, I watched it as a kid. A lot I was not allowed because of a lot of cursing. <laughs> but like um So I anyway, tracks <laughs> to bring it back. We're not just gonna talk about nineteen ninety one though. We're gonna talk about the nineties as a decade because I was talking with a friend of mine and we were discussing how the 90s is really really weird in the fact that everyone just kind of breaks it down to this really campy silly time and really just forgets about like a lot of really classic great movies as we like just listed off with just 1991 that came out mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of the 90s kind of gets overlooked in my opinion just because it's it's not the 80s and it's not that classic time and It was just a really weird time for movies where you could have things that were, like, really, really serious, like Schindler's List, and then right next to that, same director, same year, Jurassic Park. Like, yeah, like, the fact that you have those two movies coming out the exact same time is super weird, and I honestly think could only have happened during the 90s. I don't think that could have happened in the 80s or the 2000s. I think the 90s because they're totally it's just such a weird time it just didn't know what it wanted to be for an entire decade it was kind
1: of it, it was honestly like the teenage years of hit human hist- not human history but like because you have very specific uh styles and looks for every decade i find the 1900s in general very strange because before that human life didn't change a whole lot you know what i mean like they used swords yeah. and bow and arrows for like hundreds thousands of years or whatever. And then in the 90s, like, like transformation and changes, or not in the 90s, but the 1900s, things changed so fast. Like, the 20th century, I guess we could say. But
0: I always well, find technolo- it so The ironic. technology boom.
1: Yeah, let's, yeah. And, like, just the styles and the changes in society and cultures, it's just incredible. Like, when you look at something from the 70s, you can tell it's distinctly the 70s. You can tell distinctly the eighties or the fifties or the forties nineties though, is like this weird transformation between 19, whatever 1900s and the year 2000. It's like just before, you know, the year 2000 was we get what 2000 is and forward. But yeah, nineties was kind of like this weird transformation as we were going from one century, the end of one century into another, but it is a very, it's an interesting decade. Like you said, there's a lot of like it, well, little weird like, things that happen, especially on like TV, I guess. But there's some really, really great films that came out in that decade for well, sure. Well if you look
0: at especially if you look at where a lot of the campiness comes down to, it is a lot of the nineties. A lot of nineties T V was really, 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 really campy. And then the movies were a little bit more serious, but then eventually that started to kind of bleed in, especially by the late nineties.
1: That mm-hmm. campiness
0: started bleeding into more modern movies and i think but i think also a part of that too um and it's a pattern i've noticed and i've talked about with my roommate and some other friends as well is that the the uh periods of movies almost go by fives as opposed to like the round like it's not 1960 to 1970 but it's like 1965 to 1975 that is where they kind of feel like they're the same. They kind of have the same kind of... Oh, right. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. If you look at, like, 85 to 95, those all kind of feel like they're part of the same decade. And then 95 to... I'd say 2000, just 2001, because, like, media definitely changed after 2001 and 2002. Like, like that Mm -hmm. was a massive shift in how media was. But, like, if you look at the beginning half of the 90s, there's such a tonal difference to the second half. I mean, it, actually, a, a really good example to use to narrate that would be... Um, to narrate be the right word? Either way, to like to actually like point out that transformation would be the Batman films. Because, yeah, we had the first True Batman that, in 89, yeah. but Batman in 89 and 92 had a very similar feel, right? Like, they... I mean, arguably, that comes down to the director, but I think it's also just the tone of movies in general. But then, when 95 hit, and you got batman and or batman forever that tonal shift is so different and i think that's where a lot of people feel like media from 95 onwards i think is where people more think of when they think of the 90s yeah is there really can't be stuff from the tail end and that's fair like it's part of it i agree with
1: that yeah batman's actually a great example of that like in that like four group of four movies what a tonal shift like, between Schumacher and,
0: uh... One, it's not even a subtle shift. Like, it's it. like... I forgot his It's name. just... Uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting Byrne.
1: names like crazy. Yes. Between the two Tim Byrne Batman movies and the two Schumacher movies. Like, what a total difference. And not even a little bit. Like, night and day. Ridiculously crazy.
0: But, like, I can't even say that because, like... Because, like, in 95, we still had movies, like, when Toy Story came out. But, like, that's its own, like, beast. But, like... You had you had twelve monkeys. You had seven. You had Braveheart. You had Apollo thirteen, like Goldeneye. And he, actually, that's another one too. Like, look at the Bond films from Goldeneye to Die Another Day. Like, the, those are two very distinct tones of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like, like again, even in ninety five. Like, that's kind of where you can see some of the campiness starting. But overall, like, it's still. Man, I don't know, I just look at this and I get frustrated with how much, even when I think about the 90s and when I talk about it, I just, I almost dismiss it as this really silly time, like, and it's, I I always find myself talking and just, like, it's almost like this weird glorification of the 80s, which is a time I wasn't alive for. I still ingested a lot of media from it, but I wasn't actually a part of the the 80s, but, like, there's just this, this... Current worldview of how great the 80s was, and maybe maybe it's how 90s kids handled the 90s because, like, there is always on the internet, always just like only 90s kids will get this, and it's like, no, not only 90s kids, and also you're a 2000s kid, shut up, like, <laughs> also, you weren't born yet. <laughs> well, no, because, like, so me and you, we were born in 91, but where was the mm-hmm. majority of where where is the majority of our cognizant memories and childhood? 95 on right like it's, 94 it's 95 on between ninety five like like and in 2005
1: like, yeah like, like, like there's slight like memories like you got like little memories here and there like as you're growing up between like one and four i guess like i just get little flashes and images but my yeah. majority of memory of the 90s was like just before kin- starting kindergarten right and then going forward yeah so that literally would have been like 94 95 on but I like i don't to, really to bar-
0: re- i wouldn't remember the earlier stuff it's a bizarre thing that we we for some reason our generation considers themselves purely we only existed in the 90s and it's like we don't want to acknowledge the fact that we also existed as kids in the 2000s yeah and it's just it's this weird as i said like it's it's almost this weird like nostalgia for eras that you weren't a part of like we were a part of them but not really and it's just like same thing how people are about the 80s now and like I guarantee you the weirdest one is going to be when suddenly people start getting nostalgic about, like... I mean, I think they probably have, actually, about, like, the early 2000s, or, like, from 2000 to 2010, wasn't everything just crazy? And it's, like, it's, it's just... It's a weird concept to think about.
1: Speaking of, like, decades and identities, I feel like... The early 2000s and the 2010s never really had that much of an identity. Like, everything just kind of, as soon as you hit 2000, everything seems to, like, mold together. Like, there's changes, but it's more, like, subtle. It felt like when you think of, like, the past decades, everything feels very, like, sharp and, like, cut off. Like, this is the 60s, 70s, 80s. And I'm sure in actual timeline, it may have been a bit more subtle, but I wasn't alive for that, so I don't know, but... I just thought it was yeah. interesting. I feel like since we got to the two thousands, that decade identity isn't exactly the same, or maybe we're just not doing this, such extreme styles. No, actually, but I don't I know. I guess only history can tell. I guess time will tell. As we that's a that's forward.
0: a really that's a really good point though, because again, like we're technically, as soon as we change to the millennium, there's almost like this new way of perceiving time because we totally we base it on you know the 30s the 40s the 50s the 60s 70s yeah. 80s 90s and then we hit the 2000s we're like well what do we call these now okay well it's the 2000s yeah. okay 80s, but 2010 has but 2010 happened okay but it's still part of the 2000s because yeah but is that going to be what it's like all the way up until the year 3000 like it's all part of the 2000s or 2090
1: or 2000, I, 2900 i guess yeah I and know. that's yeah. So like that 2900 it's,
0: well, that's where I think when we start calling things 2010s, but, like, I, I don't know. I think about movies that... I try to think, like, about movies that came out in 2010, and I get them mixed up with ones that came out in, like, 2008 and eight and two thousand eight. Yeah, like, it just seems
1: to all blur together way more than it did in the 90s. Or in the 1900s. 20th century. God damn it. Yeah, it you works. know what I'm talking I know about. what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> no, like that's, You know what I'm saying. But that's just... It's bizarre. It's bizarre that we had that much... It's almost like decades meant so much to us and then suddenly stopped having meaning. And like, I know a lot of people have based that discussion around like, what happened with 9-11 and all that kind of stuff and how movies like, movies definitely changed after that. There's a definite tonal shift that happened in cinema after after all that happened. But like, is that, do you think that maybe why? Like, maybe that just societal change
1: I wouldn't say that's the key reason there, but I think it was just a change, and I think it's just more subtle and just how we look at things. And again, there just doesn't seem to be that decade of identity as there was in the 90s, even including film. But I think also because technology moves so fast, we don't have decades worth of identities and changes. It's kind of like periods of time, like a few years here, a few years there, that are very unique and different. But because technology, again, changes so fast. Our lives move continually. Our lives change so quickly now. It's not like there's a decade and then a big shift or change. It's like every year there's something new or every six months or, you know. So I think even how technology works nowadays and how fast we're moving forward and changing constantly, I think that has something to do with it. Because even like when we left high school, I my first cell phone I got was this Awesome little, it was a Samsung, but it had like the slide and the keyboard yep. burr, 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 underneath, right? There was no smartphones like this. And that was 11 years ago. So in 11 years, we went from a little slider boo-boo T9-ing to having a computer that's incredibly powerful in our oh, yeah. pockets, right? So well, it's not at- like there's this subtle shit, like, And that happened over the course of time. Things happen just very quickly now. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Look at even the formatting of
0: home video, and how much that yeah. has changed. Like we went, we went from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray to yeah 4K now. Like it, and that was in a very well. Short now time digital span.
1: distribution's like, like the money, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it's, even how they di-
0: distribute it, uh, distribute it,
1: distribute. I know it. what you mean.
0: <laughs> I know what you mean. But like it's, it's just, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing to think about.
1: And like human technology didn't advance quickly until really the twentieth century. Then you saw that big pickup. I guess you could argue that argue the nineteenth too with the industrial revolution starting to come into play there. Uh, but generally, human technology didn't change a lot or very quickly or very suddenly before that. Like, like well, I said, almost... man, the bow and arrow, the sword and shield were the main use of combat weapons for the majority of human history, right? Guns are fairly recent in the history of mankind. Very yeah. recent. Like, barely well, around like, for a blink of an eye.
0: Because I want to say 1800s is when the guns started kind of really coming out. This is where I wish Prosser was still here, because he, he knows all that stuff. He's like, I think... We were talking about uh Well
1: no, you got like the you so got like the muskets and stuff, a lot of those things in the seventeen hundreds and Yeah. A little yeah, like the 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 really old type guns, right? Maybe even earlier than that there was ideas and stuff for it. Well, them. I mean, technically a but, cannon
0: would be considered a gun, right? Like, because it's and then they just shrank it and put it in their hands.
1: Oh yeah, I guess cannons have been around also too for quite a bit of while. But like I'm just saying the weapons we have nowadays and how much even those have advanced since then You know the bow and arrow never changed that much or it's not like we had swords for 100 years and people moved on to guns and then on to the next you know what i mean like these weapons and technologies have been vastly unchanged for the majority of human history what are we talking about right now i don't even know what we're talking about but the fact is film is awesome i mean film's (laughs) another great way too (laughs) like (laughs) it's just changed so much
0: um the technology in film has also changed so considerably much. like yeah. and i think actually going back to the point with it i think that's another thing probably that really added to that cheesy campy feel that people felt with the the 90s is because that was the 90s was the beginning of cg right like i'm listening to uh creativity inc uh it's uh about it's about one of the founders of pixar
1: okay He's talking
0: yeah. about like highly recommended actually like definitely you should listen to it i think you'd get a kick out of it Um, And he's talking about how, like, Pixar and that digital, um, the digital effects and stuff like that, what came from that really picked up in the 90s, because it was Terminator 2 and Terminator 2. Jurassic Park was a big one. Jurassic Park's the one that changed everything, but, like, before that, it it was, like, Terminator 2 was kind of the inkling of, like, oh, something else could happen. And there was another one, too, but then Jurassic Park came out, and then Toy Story came out, and that just, like, changed the game. But the problem was when they started making those switches to like, oh, but we can do things digitally. When it was just digital, like Spawn is a good example of like, oh, it's just digital effects and it's bad. Whereas <laughs> if they, it does not hold up. Yeah. If they would have done a mix um, like they did with Jurassic Park, it would have looked a lot better. But right. a lot of times when yeah. they picked when they did CG, they didn't know how to utilize that tool. And arguably mm-hmm. they really didn't know how to utilize it until as we discussed last episode, uh, uh, episode one, until they they used it in Star Wars episode one, that's kind of when you got that first, like, oh, you can use CG effects for a lot and get away with a lot when you do things properly and take the time.
1: And, I mean, arguably, we do them now today better than ever before, right? Like, if you would show someone from the 80s infinity war like if you could take it back in time how you show get that guy in suit from infinity exactly they would have no doubt in their mind that he's a real thing you know what i mean like he doesn't mm-hmm. look they've created digital effects now to be so realistic and a lot especially when you watch like the oscars and stuff and they show you the digital breakdown for uh that you know award for cgi and stuff like that yeah you don't even realize you're looking at digital things most of the time like most of the stuff that's in there, you don't even realize you're looking at digitally constructed backgrounds. Or uh, I think there was one from 19, uh, the movie, uh, 19, was it 1917? 1917. 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, wow. Yeah. Man, I'm just having a terrible day with my brain today. That's good. But cool. <laughs> they showed a scene where there was like a barn or something on fire, and I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, but then they like took all the digital stuff away. The barn wasn't even there, man. Don't even talk about the fire. The barn wasn't there so it's like there's so many things that are digitally created in movies that like obviously in fanny war we're like oh wow look at the digital effects but there's so many digital effects in movies that are just you wouldn't expect them to be there
0: but are there and you have no freaking clue we we reach this weird point in cinema where i'm crazy i'm actually seeing people like post and brag about like using practical effects on set there's been a couple of big films. I think the Eternals was one of them where they're like, yeah, it's really cool. We're actually shooting on a set and we're shooting on this stuff. It's not just a green screen. I'm like, this shouldn't be stuff you're bragging about. This should just be like, this should be normal. This is how things have been done in film yeah. for so long. But now it's reached yeah. a point where like we got so far with technology that everything was in front of a blue screen. And now it's suddenly like, oh, we don't need those blue screens so we can actually shoot on location and on set. And then Mm -hmm. just digitally add whatever we want in there. And it's just such a weird reverse of how like it's it almost Well, I like like how
1: it's coming back to like mix with like practical effects as well.
0: Because that's how it should be. Because that's it always looks the best. It always when you have a mix of practical and C G together working in tandem, it always is gonna it's always gonna do it. It's money, man. It's money. And it's just like the the problem I think with the nineties was that they didn't quite understand that, except for the few exceptions because again Jurassic yep. Park still holds up to this day it does like, it does yeah like you go back and you 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 believe that that's a real dinosaur like for a movie that came out in 93 that's impressive 100 percent. like that's man man I just want to go back and watch a bunch of movies from the 90s now I actually do actually that's a, that's a <laughs> decade that is a decade that I revisit a lot of movies from like there's Yeah, there's the 80s and stuff like that, and there's the 70s. I kind of bounce around, but, like, I don't know. Maybe it is a nostalgia thing. Maybe that's exclusively what it is, is that I just have a nostalgia connection with the 90s, and that's why I just keep going back. But, like, I don't know, even, like, animated films and the cartoons, like, the Disney Renaissance happened. Like, it's such an important time Yeah. in history, and I feel like it just kind of gets overshadowed. But, that being said, second thought that just popped into my brain now is it possibly because the good films that came out of the 90s are considered classics, and most classic films are timeless? Interesting thought. Because, like, like, think even, like, think about hmm. classic classic films from the 80s, 70s, all that kind of stuff. Can you usually... You can pinpoint what a classic film is, but can you always pinpoint exactly what decade it came out in? And I'm wondering if maybe that's also it, too. Is, like, it's... Because, I mean, when you think about the Disney Renaissance, there's some people who are like, oh, it's so 90s, but if you actually look at it, like, no, you could... If you told me that they made Beauty and the Beast in the 80s, or you told me they made it in the 2000s, I... Sure. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's a story that holds up without being reliant on a decade. In my opinion, I think that that's... uh, When it comes to storytelling, that's an incredibly important thing, is not having that reliance on a decade. And that's kind of, I think, like to go on a complete side thing here, that's one of my problems with uh, Stranger Things like I like Stranger Things I like the story but it's so reliant on like hey guys we're in the 80s isn't that great isn't that cool we're in the 80s look at all the 80s things and it's like okay but like I I think I made the argument you could take you could take Stranger Things out of the 80s and set it in any time period and the story wouldn't change and that to me kind of makes it feel like the decade is too de- it's too dependent on the decade to sell itself but I think the story is still good enough. You could base it in any decade.
1: No, that's an interesting though, man. I don't know. Because there's what... a lot of like really iconic and classic movies that, yeah, maybe you don't necessarily think like, ooh, a 90s movie.
0: You're just like, that was a good movie. Well, that's right. Again, like I'm wondering, now that like, we've gotten into it, I'm wondering if we're, are we biased on this topic because of the decade we were born in? Or... Could be. Like in the movies that we watched growing up too, right? Yeah, they just always seem... Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of movies, too, that we mistake for 90s movies. I think, like, because, like, a lot of, like, Land Before Time, I'm pretty sure, was an 89 movie. Um, Yeah, I think so. Like, there's a lot of those movies that came out around uh, Beetlejuice, I thought, was the 90s. I thought Beetlejuice was a 90s movie, and it came out in 88. Like, there's just, there's a lot of movies from the 80s that I'm like, oh, well, clearly that was a... 90s movie because i watched it growing up and it's like no man no i think dark crystal i thought was a 90s movie and i'm pretty sure that was also the 80s oh man i forgot about the goofy movie that was a 90s movie that was 95 but like oh maybe i've gotten way off topic and way off track here but i don't mind i i'm actually enjoying this talk quite a bit and also maybe it's maybe it's just a me and you thing because like would you say that you grew up like how how important was movies like how important were movies and media to you growing up super important man I love
1: them like I've always loved stories and I've always loved great characters and great movies like even as a kid like one of my favorites was Forrest Gump man like Forrest freaking Gump as a kid I loved Forrest Gump like I can't even tell you how many times I watched that movie. How old were you when you saw it? Man, I don't know. Like it would have to be like six, seven, eight. You know what I Jeez. mean? Like very early. Like end of the like. I wasn't old when I saw Forrest Gump. I loved this movie when I was a little kid. I, was I 16. loved like we love. Yeah, no, I saw it way earlier than that, and that's, I loved that's... Forrest Gump. Like we watched it a lot. That's we watch. Me and my brother watched it a lot. So, like movies like that, even not just kids' movies, but like movies like like that, were a huge part of growing up and being able to sit down with family and enjoy these stories and just yeah have a great time
0: like for me personally i was like i joke about it but it's kind of true is like i was raised by tv like my my parents raised me like obviously my parents did but like honestly i anytime i'd be playing i'd be watching a movie or i'd have tv on i actually like we had schedules for cleaning our rooms and cleaning the house on saturdays and i based my schedule around my tv shows and around my tv time Where it's like, I'd wake up at six in the morning, watch TV till about 10, watch the shows I wanted to, go clean my room, do that stuff, come back and watch TV for a couple more hours, go and clean this Mm -hmm. thing, come back. And like, like, it was just always such a big, like, movies were always there for me as bad as that. Like, that sounds like no one else was there for me, but they were. But like, (laughs) like, it's that Charlie Brown thing coming back. But like, movies were always there. And it was just such an important thing that I think, like. I don't know, I think that's also where me and you kind of maybe have a bit of a bias towards some of the stuff we grew up with because, like, it's...
1: Yeah, some of the 90s movies because, like, you just... You, you loved them then, like... they were... It's hard not to love them now. <laughs> they
0: were there and... for me when my friends weren't. <laughs> i mean i don't know
1: it's not it's not so much like that. no of course <laughs> it's, not <laughs> it's not so much like that but just great like it was just what sparked my love for stories because like, well, and great stories and good stories and as human beings we're wired to love stories right but some just connect a little bit more than others or some maybe cared about more going outside like we went outside and played a ton too oh but yeah. where did our imaginations get these ideas for what we were playing right oh yeah you know? like
0: amount of times i base things off superheroes it was because of the comics yeah. i read and also the movies i watched
1: spider-man cartoons man my favorite yeah man we wake up we'd watch the spider-man animated series like the we'd 90s one the men in black yeah the men yeah. in black animated series and there godzilla. was one more mo- godzilla yeah yeah, yeah yeah, that was magic man that was magic i loved it so man, there's just like TV shows, movies, incredibly important, incredibly important part. Like we talk about screen time nowadays, and kids shouldn't have too much screen time, and I agree because you want them to go outside and like do those types of things too. But again, it's kind of like CGI and practical effects. It's a combination of those two that really bring forth 100%. creativity and being able to develop in that sort of way. And not only as kids do you have these great stories, but you get to interact and see these characters that you become fond of and maybe you see yourself in the characters or even someone to look up to. Like as a kid, sometimes there's those characters that you have, you're like, I want to be like that. So it can even, it can even shape your morality as a human being going forward to who you want to be. So they're incredible, like stories, whether they're in movies, books, comic books, TV shows, video games, video games, you know, the stories that we get to tell, are incredibly powerful and impact our lives i think more than we really give them credit for a lot of the time um but no man like it was an incredibly important part growing up incredibly it's almost reached
0: a point where there's there's so much content now where i feel like maybe that's where the screen time thing becomes an issue because yeah you're, you're taking true, yeah. in so much media that you're not really actually like you're taking it in but you're not taking it in I it doesn't, well, maybe we that people- doesn't make sense but like
1: you, no you're right like when we were kids we watched movies and we had our TV shows but those things didn't go on for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours you know what I mean like the kids cartoons were over adult stuff started okay well I'm going outside because it's boring and I don't care you know what I mean well, was though you, you can watch things, your kids right? shows then you could exactly and then you can go on YouTube you can go on Netflix you can just con. you could watch all day easy easy we watch had to all wait a before week for that every episode that we had it hard <laughs> Well, yeah, like, yeah, it's just not the same. It's not the same. There's way more media, way more information to consume than there was before. But like I said, it's not one way or the other. It's the balance of those two: 100%. getting outside, doing those things, practicing your imagination, whether you're writing or playing with toys, or you know. But also being able to consume some of those ideas and content. Uh, you know that that's all part of creating a good, healthy creativity, and you know. Give people, give give some just, kids some dreams, man. Kids need <laughs> dreams. <laughs> Escape. From I just reality. remembered
0: so like when I was when I was a kid, um uh I wasn't like my parents never really bought me villain action figures.
1: They always oh, yeah. bought
0: me the heroes. So like I create these scenarios with like these super like I had like twelve different Batmans. And like I totally built like this whole like multiverse world of like these are the good Batmans, these are the bad ones, and they need the to bad, fight bad with man. each other. And it's just like Yeah. Like that's just it's such out a out of necessity.
1: Weird...
0: <laughs> yeah, out of necessity, but also like like I knew the multiverse was a thing somehow. Yeah. But um another question for you on Is there a specific time in your life where you started actively seeking out movies from different decades or from different time periods? that ever happened to you or not really or is it just kind of like movies not really it wasn't
1: what decade they came from wasn't really always important to me um it was more important if i just heard they were really good movies you know what i mean like there's so many like yeah like you've told me movies you gotta watch this or you gotta see this and there are still a lot arguably that i haven't haven't seen yet and that i have to keep going back and looking for yeah, it was a couple years ago that I finally watched like the opposite movie to Forrest Gump, which was The Shawshank Redemption. That year, like those two were both in contending for Best Picture in the Oscars. Okay. Forrest Gump won, but arguably you could say Shawshank Redemption was ultimately over time has become the more valued movie. I still like Forrest Gump, but a lot of people consider Shawshank Redemption still today better than Forrest Gump. Which one's like, better? Non porn. But I just saw couple years ago Shawshank Redemption it wasn't like I was like I wasn't going to look for 90s movies I just knew this was a movie that people really loved and I knew I had to see it and I loved that movie too it was great so I've never really had even today I don't necessarily go out of my way to like look for decade specific films just movies that people are like this is a movie you have to see Uh, those are the ones I try and find
0: no that makes sense that that makes a lot of sense Actually, it's funny, because, like, to answer my own question, if I was actually, to, if there's a genre that I did do that for, it would have been horror. Horror is the one where it's like, mm. I'm looking for 80s horror, I'm looking for 70s horror, that kind of stuff, to kind of see that evolution. Which from... is a bit more unique in decade to decade. Well, because even if you look at, like, the 1940s with the Universal Monsters and stuff like that and watch how that evolves yeah, um, throughout time, like, yeah, I guess like that that's really the only genre that I've really done that for aside from like eighties action movies. But that didn't happen until I went to college and met my roommate who's like all about eighties action.
1: But then again, that's like almost a genre in itself, you know Like specific eighties action. It's not like you were like, I'm looking for action movies in the eighties. Like, no, you're looking for eighties action, which is really its own specific time of type of movie. Let's
0: be honest. If you're looking for eighties action movies, you mean you're watching Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone or Bruce Willis that's what you're yeah looking that's for, pretty much it right? man that's pretty much like, it yeah but like that's it's it's weird it's it's a weird thing because i'm even thinking about like adventure movies and war movies never really depended on the decade romance movies never depended on the decade um psychological thrillers never depended on the decade but definitely like horror is the big one actually but also to say way back to the 90s the 90s had one of the best horror remakes ever made, and that is The Mummy. Pretty sure that was 99, wasn't it? Yeah, that was definitely in the 90s. Because I want to say The Mummy I feel like two? it was. Unless it was wanna 2000s. the 2000s. I want to say um, The Mummy 2 was 2001 or 2002. We got Google. I guess I need to type in movies. I put in list of 1999, and it's like, what do you mean? Like, get a bit more specific. Oh, The Matrix came out in 99. I always forget about that. Because that doesn't feel like, that doesn't feel like a 90s movie. Yeah. Yeah, The Mummy. The Mummy came out in 99, and arguably that is the best remake of a universal monster movie, let alone a horror movie, in my opinion.
1: There is something so classic about that movie. Even the sequel wasn't that bad. Like, you got Brendan Fraser in there. Like, it was just, it was a fun time. The third one wasn't good. The Tomb of the Dragon Emperor was not good. It was not good. But the other ones... Quite charming.
0: When you cast someone to play their son and he looks about as old as Brendan Fraser, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> that's and, strange. And like it just it it didn't like I had to turn it off. I just got bored. Like it wasn't even that like I was I was like ah this is a bad and I can't watch it. It was just like I just have no interest. I lost. Interest I was
1: in... dude. I was so excited when I found out there was a third Mummy movie coming. I was like hell to the yeah. And I was actually in Alberta at the time. We were visiting some, like, family and stuff in a small town, Rocky Mountain House. Yeah. And we went to the theater to go see it. And this was, like, this was, like, a theater that had, like, it was a small town theater, right? Yeah, So, yeah. like, literal, like, chairs that you stack up, those wooden crappy ones, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so that's what was there. And, like, the ticket price was, literally like, a buck. And I was, like, dope. Let's go watch The Mummy. I watched the movie and I was like, I want my buck back. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. I was so disappointed. I paid a dollar and I felt ripped
0: off, man. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) ridiculous. I watched it,
0: dude. I watched it for free on Netflix. And, well, not for free because I pay for Netflix. But, like, regardless, I wanted my. You're like,
1: I want my subscription back for this month.
0: (laughs) I want the last hour and a half of my
1: life back. Like, yeah, that's the biggest thing. You'll never get that back. It was another great movie I remember from my childhood. Um,. Home Alone we watched a lot. Uh, that yep. was a big one. Um, Saving Private Ryan was on a lot at my house. Which is not a kids movie, but we watched it. <laughs> I'm like, did my mom care what movie we were watching? Backdraft was another big one. We watched as kids a lot. A See, lot. these
0: movies are ones like, like Saving Private Ryan and Backdraft. I saw Saving Private Ryan like two years ago. Backdraft yeah. I saw last year. I mentioned, I think, earlier to you, I saw The Mask for the first time... <laughs> Oh know, three, yeah, three years mask. ago. Yeah, man. You know what Jim Carrey movie is like massively underrated. Which one? The Cable Guy. Have you seen The Cable is Guy? Is it
1: underrated? Yeah, I, think I like so. The Cable Guy. Oh, I've always held it like pretty high.
0: Most of his movies I've... from the '90s, I've held pretty high. A lot of people I've talked to, they're just like, eh, "Yeah, it's okay. It's it's all right. It's not as it's not as good. It's not it's not The Masker Ace Ventura," and it's like.
1: but But it's still
0: funny it's funny but it's also like it's funny but it's also horrifying but like in a (laughs) interesting way yeah another comedian
1: from the 90s like adam sandler movies right were great in the 90s like that was his that was his money right there man great great freaking happy gilmore man he that's always Happy Gilmore is probably, like, Billy Madison was good
0: and all that stuff. And Waterboy. never seen Billy Madison. Never seen Waterboy. Honestly, I think I've seen...
1: They were good, but, like, Happy Gilmore, man, is always going to be my Adam Sandler number one favorite movie of all time. I don't even care what else he makes. I don't even care what else he makes. Happy Gilmore is honestly the funniest movie. Every time I see it on TV, I'm like, I'm watching it, and every time I bust a gut. Like, every time, it's like you're watching it for the first time. That was another big movie of our childhood that we absolutely loved. It's so funny, man. So, like, even just the comebacks between him and Shooter McGavin, like, just made me laugh all the time. (laughs) He's like, oh, man, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast.
0: You eat shit for breakfast?
1: (laughs) Like it's.
0: That's what I didn't see until, Uh... like, I saw that one on TV the first time, actually. Oh, that yeah. was the first place I saw it. And oh, like, I, I've only seen that a couple times. But Mr. Mr. Deeds was the one that... Getting in fights. Mr. Uh, Deeds was the one that I liked the most, man. It was, Mr. It, Deeds was know. good,
1: too. Mr. Deeds was good, too. Was that... A, I feel like it was an early 2000s, though. Was it? Or is that... No, I think that was 90s. 90s. I'll,
0: I'll look this up. We'll, we'll I feel this like out. it was in
1: early 2000s. Or else it would have been like 98, 99.
0: Also, I want to say Mr. Deeds is... Uh, oh, 2002. You're right, Matt. Uh, Boom. I let you down. I'm not sorry. Not your
1: favorite Adam Sandler's a movie,
0: Man, it's okay. I, well, I guess I guess that would go to Happy Gilmore as well, because I haven't seen any of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. I'm a Adam Sandler fan. Money, oh, man. Man, I love Money. that one.
1: Hello. I,
0: I want to say is Happy Gilmore. Yeah, 96. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm Adam Sandler's not my thing. Robin Williams, though. Now that you brought up Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh yeah. yes. Man,
1: you I made me got, feel I so nostalgic sad. about the nineties right now. Like, man, I'm just like, God, there are so many good movies that we watched growing up. Like Right? Just like and they're ones you never really think about. It's kids, yeah. And you're like, damn, well, those it, were good movies.
0: It actually like segued into my next uh my next Point, or my next question was actually what are your favorite movie memories growing up but I think we've been talking about that
1: yeah like, I feel like we have <laughs> I thought that was hey, intentional I'm, <laughs> I'm,
0: hey I'm cool with it man uh, Space Jam is probably one of mine probably one of my favorite movie memories probably one of my just favorite childhood movies growing up mm-hmm. like it's just it's. I, don't I even know believe
1: why. I'm not a, I can fly
0: I'm not, I'm not a big basketball I fan
1: I I can touch the sky do you, want, do you want me to sing in the background while you, like, monologue?
0: Reminisce about...
1: <laughs> while you reminisce? Well, it was when I was really young, and
0: I got to go and see it in the theaters without a parent. It was the first movie I saw without parental supervision. And it just changed my life and really had a massive impact on me as a <laughs> it did though like it actually it made did. you like,
1: believe a... you could fly
0: <laughs> it kind of did like that's. it kind of did Man, it's such a it's such a silly concept and such a silly movie but like yeah. it's got heart to it it's got just got a lot of good feeling to it and it's just and even it's... the
1: animation was pretty good too like the mix Dude, between animation and realism was really good especially at the honest... time
0: like yeah a hundred percent like the like the only two times they've been able to pull that off but it might be the only two times they've really done it would be, that and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah. Like, but like
1: I think they've done it in other things. I just don't know if it sat well. I can't really think
0: the, any off the top of my head of any high profile you, movies. And that's that you can't really think about it. There's not really anything that jumps out at you, but those two. And that's because those two embraced what that was. It was it was a yeah. mixture of animation and live action, whereas a lot of times. For other ones, it's not so much embraced quite as much. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like we were talking about the potential of uh, Space Jam 2 and whether or not, like, if they did Space Jam... If they do Space Jam 2 and it's not 2D animated Looney Tunes characters and they do try and do, like, some CG stuff... I'm CGI kind
1: of weird stuff? Yeah.
0: It's I, I, I think it's going to look cheap. It's going to look a lot worse. You got to like, keep, keep the magic. It... Try
1: and capture the magic.
0: Exactly. Make it yeah. look the same. Like, that just makes the most sense to me.
1: Wayne's World is another classic, yeah. man. Wayne's World? I'm just looking through some of the movies from the 90s. Wayne's World, man. We love that World, one. That was like Wayne's that was World. kind of like my first taste of like Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody, man. That was that's such an iconic scene, man. So iconic. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Wayne's World.
0: I didn't I didn't actually watch that one till I was in my teens as well. Like a lot of, For me, there was a lot of like
1: if I just start singing, keep talking, man. I'll just I <laughs> don't mean to distract.
0: The, oh, no worries. I, dude, I don't mind. I'm having a good time. That's the main point of this is for us to have a good time.
1: Yeah, that's but it. Like,
0: Screw you guys. <laughs> a, a lot of the movies I grew up with.
1: I'm going to cut that
0: Nah, keep it. A, a lot of the movies I grew up with were, were kids' movies. They were family-friendly ones. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, that's when I started, like, going back and discovering like the teen movies or the movies that weren't necessarily family friendly from the nineties. And that's kind of, it's been really interesting to come across those movies on my own rather than just having them always be a part of me because it's just like, it it just, I don't know, man, there's just a sense of satisfaction of like, I came to this movie on my own. I found my own path to this one rather than, rather than it just being a part of my nostalgia. Right. Like it's, it's been, it's been a weird journey for me with some of those movies. And like a lot of movie discovery for me didn't happen until I was about, I'd say between fourteen to eighteen,
1: but also that yeah. came from
0: like my 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 family had a weird rule where it's like, um, like it's not super weird, but it was like a rule where we could only watch the movies that the ratings lined up with our ages. So like, oh yeah yeah, this so that, I could only watch. It's not I could weird. only watch a lot of. It was a lot like that. No, the weird part was I could watch PG movies until I was 13, then I could watch PG-13 movies, but I couldn't watch 14A movies, even though they're the same group. And then I could watch 14A movies, but I couldn't watch rated R movies. Then I could watch rated R movies, but I couldn't watch 18A movies. Like, it was just this weird not understanding what, you how the rating systems worked. And, yeah. like, and, like, it just, it, it was... I don't regret that at all though, because I think it definitely kept me from seeing things. And let's be honest, by the time we were sixteen, we were all watching whatever we wanted to anyway. That wasn't really
1: More or less. Apparently I, think... I watched whatever I want to when I was eight, so I don't know. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> And different I don't know. <laughs> right? But like there's one one day my dad came in and he saw my movie collection and he's like, Huh, there's a lot of movies here that I don't want you watching, and I'm like, Yep. And he's like, I can't stop you from watching these movies, can I? I'm like, Nope. Nope. <laughs> he's yeah. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> like fair enough but i think there was also an understanding even at a young age there was an understanding with my family that i knew the difference between a movie and reality yeah as soon as i saw it was like like like, there was never a point where i'm like yeah no never mind there was a stupid point where it's like (laughs) i was running (laughs) no it was a star wars one i was running i was running on a treadmill so i was like old enough to run on a treadmill so obviously not too young and i was like trying to like focus and concentrate one with the force all that kind of stuff and then like right i close my eyes i'm not paying attention to how fast i'm running and i end up falling off the back of the treadmill <laughs> and just like just fell off i didn't like hurt myself or anything yeah. and then i'm like yeah but i got this i'm focused i'm good i can do this and i i jumped back onto the treadmill <laughs> thinking I could just I could just jump and do this because keep it keep going know, yeah it happens in the movies I'm basically a Jedi all this kind of stuff and like again I'm probably older in this story than I would like to admit <laughs> so I run I run at it and I jump but when I jump the treadmills moving and guess how I land straight down it wasn't running moving. it was just so like I land plant my feet and just shoots back out from my- underneath. <laughs>
1: We all do really dumb things as slightly uh, older kids than we'd like to admit.
0: <laughs> when I To go back on another tangent, too, about how movies affected me, when I was five, my parents put me to bed and then heard this thumping sound coming from my room. Yeah. And they come into my room, and they see five-year-old Ethan throwing himself at the wall trying to stick to it. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm Spider-Man. I'm trying to climb the wall. <laughs> I'm really not making a good case for me to be like a smart per like being an adult in charge of his own life or anything else. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it didn't man. happen last week, but like it's it's one of those things that like there's sometimes I I think about those stories and I'm like, How am I a functioning human being? Like how am I how did I ever grow out of grow out of that thank goodness i did thank goodness it's not like 29 year old ethan throwing himself against the wall being like why am i still like
1: spider-man yeah that would be a really awkward roommate situation i'd be like okay well you're
0: clearly a psychopath (laughs) all right um i'm gonna be moving and good luck with the rest of your life
1: yeah exactly well i'm leaving right now (laughs)
0: like
1: signs of incredible delusion
0: i mean man i want to be an artist for a living i'm pretty sure that's like the biggest sign of like incredible delusion <laughs> i think so yeah incredibly delusioned yeah i'm gonna make art to get paid for it yeah you do that little buddy. <laughs> you,
1: just... <laughs> you have to be the but the, the key is to actually be able to do that you have to be stupid enough to believe you can do that so they have to come exactly. together you can't do one without the other because if you don't believe it at have... all it ain't happening You have to believe it to some degree.
0: There's got to be a balance of grounding with it, though, because, like, if you think that it's just going to be like, I'm going to pack up my stuff and move and get discovered. Like, that was the thing. As a kid growing up, I had this, like, fantasy of me playing, like, in the front yard, and, like, a car would pull up and be like, you, we want you for this next movie, like, in the middle of Saskatoon, (laughs) middle of nowhere, and I'm like, yeah, that's how it's going to be. That's why I need to leave my house so I can get discovered and be in a movie. That's not how it works, and I'm really glad that I don't just... Sit outside my house now. Wait for it. Like, well, it right?
1: Especially as a kid, you have you hear so many stories of people like making it, right? Or like the one that's like probably one of the most famous is Sylvester Stallone writing his script for Rocky. Like when he had nothing left, you know what I mean? Like nothing, and Mm -hmm. he was like living on the streets and stuff, and then got it in, got a deal, and now ooh movie star, right? But for every story like that, there's like 3 billion other stories that you don't hear of people not making Yeah. right? So, like, while that is inspiring, the probability of that is you still have to be smart about it. You still need to have the slight delusion that you're going to do it, but you also have to be smart enough to know uh, that you can't just expect that to happen. Like, you can't move out there and not get a job and just expect to be a movie star. Again, balance in all things, man. Balance in all things
0: unfortunately though there's just this narrative now about like the starving artist narrative where it's like well if i'm not struggling then i haven't earned it and it's like no no you can have a job and still work at your art yeah maybe it's gonna take you a little longer than like consistently having to you know go from job to job to job maybe it is gonna like maybe it will take you a bit longer if you have to work but like having a job and following your art there's no shame in that there's absolutely none. no and i think that's a There's a stigma there that needs to go away where it's like, no, unless you're giving 110% of your entire life, always to this art, you can still be giving 110% to your art, but you might be having to balance that with other things in life, like a job or like your family or something, right? A lot
1: of people have a, a lot of people like work for a while, then they'll, you know, then they'll quit, whatever they save up money, then they'll quit and focus squarely on doing whatever they want for whatever six months. And then when they need money again, they go get another job, right? Like, that's definitely a way to it. You got to find, you definitely got to find that balance.
0: As long as you can survive, man. Like, that's the most important thing is take care of yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially ones who get in the arts, they don't, they don't think about that to the fullest extent. And there's got to be, there's got to be a thing of like, take care of yourself because your, your art is, you know, you, you will sacrifice things for your art and it is important, but it's not important if you're dead. Like that's the thing. Is like your arguably art's not gonna... maybe
1: more important. No, I don't want to put that out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but no, that's. But that's I just think of like
1: like all the old guys. You're Leonardo da Vinci. They're dead. Their art's way more popular now than it ever was when they were alive. But that's right? something
0: to also to also remember too. Is you know what? Maybe your art isn't gonna make an impact right now. It might be something. It might be a, a legacy that you leave after your. Time you never is know. Past. Yeah. But you gotta do it for the mean... love of it, man. Exactly, doing one. because... Number one. Like, I, I get paid for it, too. I'm going to do that. But, like, at the end of the day, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't be pursuing it. I wouldn't... Yeah. Like, Fill your focus, man. If I didn't love storytelling, if I didn't love movie making, if I didn't love music, if I didn't love any of that stuff, then I wouldn't have the kind of passion and feeling that I do about it. And that's... Yeah. Maybe that's just the magic of the arts, but...
1: I think we all have a purpose in life. I think we're all called to something greater than just, honestly, a 9-to-5 job. Unless maybe, you know, you're just really passionate about flipping burgers or whatever. That is your purpose in life. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're meant to be a great chef. Who knows? Crazy times. But we all have a a calling and a purpose in life too, right? It's just trying to achieve that and fulfill that. Because that's what you feel in your chest, right? That's what you feel in your gut. That calling, that drive to do those things. It's not just because, oh, I want to do it because fun times. It's because you have to do it. Your soul, your whole being demands you to do it. And I think even well, those things are placed, again, when we're kids. And we get to watch these amazing movies and stories and become impacted. And they really affect the direction of our lives. Or And it's just figuring that all out. It's crazy,
0: man. Some people want to be biologists. it's crazy. Some people, some people want to be... Well, yeah, um,
1: some people are called to do, like, science and number, Like, everyone of all types, right? And we need everyone. Not everyone's exactly. called to write. Not everyone's called to, you know, make movies and tell stories. Like, it's, that's not the only calling out there. There's so many callings. But I think we all just, whatever our calling is, we just have to, you know, be aware of that. And sometimes when you deny it, too, that's where people end up falling into a lot of, like, different depressions and anger and frustration and unfulfillment. Right, because they're not completing what their purpose really is, or what their calling is, or and again, it doesn't have to be your full-time job either. But just doing it, right, yeah. even on the side.
0: There's nothing nothing wrong with a side hustle. Nothing wrong with hobbies. There's nothing wrong with yes, anything like that. Just, right. I think at the end of the what day, what a that's, weird topic how did we get here. I don't know. That's the message of the day: is uh, do what you love. At the end of the day, whether it's I don't know, making movies or. Growing a garden or whatever. Like do what you do what you love. I think that's kind of Yeah. Maybe that's an intrinsically nineties value that we got, or that's just a value from like a timeless value from just humanity in general. But it's something that you
1: Believe you you can fly, baby. Exactly. That's that's how we got here
0: was uh was uh Believe
1: I can
0: fly. (laughs) I almost said space balls. I'm like that's a different movie. That's kind not nineties, but great. Just to kind of close up our talks about the nineties and stuff like that uh what would you say your favorite movie from the 90s is
1: man why are you gonna be asking me questions like that there's so many i just if talked you had about to pick, a whole bunch if you of had to
0: pick one if you had to pick one, one movie. movie to watch oh, the 90s. you son of a mm. son of a biscuit
1: <laughs> you son of a mm. sweet jesus <laughs> sweet christmas oh my favorite movie from the 90s your... there's only
0: one you can pick and you yeah, have to okay I just...
1: can I just do another shout out okay Dumb and Dumber was also in the 90s and it was great and so was Starship Troopers did you ever watch Starship Troopers
0: yes Starship Troopers I that have. was a
1: huge one in my house as well okay uh, but those Dumb and my Dumber
0: I've never 90s. seen
1: my god you should watch it what is wrong with you man it There's is a lot classic the sequels aren't like as great as the original but the OG is it's good it's good okay um it's for sure not Romeo and Juliet because that movie was bunk <laughs> that was one of those weird 90 movies um and it came out in 96 so you're right 95 over maybe a couple weird movies started coming out yep okay you go first you go first i gotta think about this, this i like so that
0: hard. i appreciate that you think that i actually had an answer for this question and didn't just surprise myself <laughs> with it too um honestly uh, though looking, looking you asked it, it you go first i don't i'm fine with that i guess i guess so oh man um, Honestly, looking at it, if I had to pick one from the '90s, and this kind of maybe comes out of nowhere, but honestly, I would probably say it's a toss-up. Because oh, I watched so many, I watched so many movies from the '90s, like a lot. Holy crap! I didn't realize how much my life was built around the 90s, which is kind of silly, considering, like...
1: (laughs) That's when we, uh... That's when life began, man. At least for us.
0: (laughs) No, that was the beginning (laughs) of the universe, let's be honest here. Um,
1: (laughs) The universe began in the 90s.
0: It's a toss-up between... The Mask, because I, like, honestly, I know I just found out one recently, but, like, it's just so good. good.
1: It's so good.
0: But it's between that or and maybe i'm gonna hate myself for saying it because it's there's so many good animated movies that came out but i think it's the iron giant
1: oh i totally forgot about that also, movie too that was such another one from the you're even wearing this I'm, shirt man it's, it's a ready
0: player one shirt but oh, that's because he's in the movie but like he's in the movie
1: yeah that was like, another one that was in the house all the time that we watched so much it's ben diesel so voiced good. the iron giant you know that, yeah
0: dude? oh yeah 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 Just very—he's really good at minimal lines and grunting, apparently. Yeah, even in the Fast and the Furious movies. (laughs) Family, family, yeah. (laughs) But like, no, like the Iron Giant is just such a, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But it's it's, just—it's—it the Iron Giant is just such a good movie. It's a good family movie, but it's got some really good like good adult humor in there too it's just a really good well-balanced movie and as a piece of animation it's like breathtaking like it's so so good and that's where i think that's like i love the mask i like it a lot and i li- like aladdin came out lion king beauty and the beast hercules like there's a bunch of other like good disney animation but like yeah but like the iron giant iron just giant
1: is something special like it is its own thing it is know? and it's, it's
0: very good this is a very good movie. Would you ever want to see a sequel?
1: I don't know. Like, sometimes if you... sequels just seem unnecessary. I thought it was a perfect story, just how it was.
0: Yeah, even even the way it like it ends on that like, cliffhanger. How it, it ended, the, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and that's where like if it's the same thing as like it's actually funny because it's the same it's the same creator. It's Brad Bird, and I I love Brad Bird. He's an amazing filmmaker. Um, but it's the same thing with Incredibles, like. I'm glad they waited to make Incredibles two when they had the story to tell for Incredibles tell. two.
1: Yeah. If Brad Don't just Bird, do it for the sake of it.
0: If Brad Bird came back with an Iron or an Iron Giant two, and he knew like he's like I want to tell this story with Iron Giant, I'd be on board for it. I trust him as long as it's in the same for type sure. of animation. But I would never, I'd never want to see it forced. I think that that's, man, like, even the soundtrack is really good, like. It's just man, like yeah, like I and I forget, like that's like Iron Giant's another one I forget is from the '90s. Yeah, completely. Like, but no, like it's just like it's, man, man. It's been a it's been a nostalgia train today, dude. I'm losing my mind. Yeah, uh, did I give you too to like, hard of a question?
1: Yeah, because there's like so many. I'm just trying to think. Like Sixth Sense, that's a '90s movie. Boys in the Hood. Independence Day, like, come on! How was anyone supposed to pick one movie?
0: Do you know about my tradition oh. with Independence Day? No, what's that? So, so every it, I whittle it down because I usually because you know how the movie spans three days, from right? Like July second. So like, for a while, I actually would watch it like once a day from like july 2nd <laughs> july 3rd and july 4th nice i've now i've now i've saved myself the sanity and now it's like every every 4th of july that's i have to watch it independence, independence day because it's dude it's so good i like and it's like oh, the th- it so that no that's is. another one like it's so good but it's also so that's where like it's such a 90s movie though men in black god yeah like, there's just
1: this is literally hurting my brain i can't i'm happy home alone there's a the home yeah. alone movies and home alone so too great yeah those first two anything after that forget it but the first two money <laughs> lost in
0: new york that's a stupid movie title
1: how do you get lost in new york <laughs> the blair witch project i was in there oh man i don't even know like Cause anything I say, I'm gonna hate myself for not picking a different. You know what I mean? For not picking a different one. Okay. You know well, what, man? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with just Jurassic Park because, as a little kid, I loved dinosaurs, and I st- like still love them. And Jurassic Park is an amazing movie. So well done. You got the score by John Williams. You got all the animatronics, the CGI. The dinosaurs look so real
0: the acting and steven is spielberg on point.
1: at the helm right like you just it's so good I, okay yeah and i mean it's it's right and there's movies that are right even with it like but i gotta say that's probably my favorite forrest gump was really good again we loved forrest gump watching that movie bubba bubba i gotta say my bubba <laughs> <laughs> just rocks like i love it man love now you're, you, making me
0: forrest, you're making me want to watch forrest gump now I love you, Jedi. We got all kinds of shrimp. Gumbo shrimp, jump shrimp,
1: shrimp with coconut. I can't remember <laughs> all the types of shrimp. But it was like, that movie's so That's good. There's a lot They're of shrimp. Kinda, damn. There's a lot of stuff from the Vietnam part that I just love. <laughs> that was so good. The ping pong stuff. Oh, yeah, the ping pong stuff. And just how, like, watching it as an adult is so much better than watching as a child as a child you just love the characters and the story but as an adult you just see him placed in all these like historical moments just randomly and it's great it's great because yeah. you get it right but no oh, that's another one that's right up there and i mean like mrs doubtfire like, come <laughs> on man I'm, I'm still gonna go with jurassic park but i'm just saying it's not like Look. the end all and be all of 90s movies there were so many really
0: really if we really good ones if we had more time, I would have gone year by year for you, but I feel like I'm also really optimistic that the 20 years, 20 movies will go past the 20 years and we'll oh, get to the 90s. yeah,
1: we'll get into the 90s, man. Then we'll, then we'll then really we be begin.
0: rolling. Because I think I narrowing it down there, by year is going to be a lot easier than, like, the best movie of the decade is. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a hard one, but I guess... And if I say Jurassic Park now and then that year, I'll be like, it's not Jurassic Park, <laughs> but it's the decade, not necessarily the year.
0: Okay. I was, I was thinking the exact same thing because I'm like, what if what if we do? what like, I, was I looking this at
1: now and then I change it later, I'll be like, oops. Because, but no, no, I, I'm gonna go with Jurassic Park. It's classic. I've been watching it since I was a little boy,
0: and I just you know I at love the it. risk of at the risk of causing an uproar, I'm gonna say you know what the most overrated '90s movie is? What? Titanic god i hate titanic (laughs) i have actually you know i I, okay never actually actually... i've never actually watched it from beginning to end i've seen it all but in clips over like the last 20 well i guess not 28 years whenever it came out to now i've just seen it in clips but i've seen it all and honestly
1: 97 i don't
0: yep i don't so just over 20 years yeah i don't get the hype i understand like special effects and stuff but it's it's the avatar thing all over again it's like but i understood the hype of avatar a lot more than Titanic. Yeah, but Like,
1: and it, like it was a well-made movie. It was just I haven't watched it as an adult, so I can't say that. I haven't I haven't watched it from beginning to end since I was a kid. You and want honestly to? as an adult, I don't want to. That's right? a lot of time. That's I a know. lot of time. I could watch like, two other movies. I remember when I watched it when it first came out when I was a kid cuz I watched it downstairs like with like my cousins and it was on two VHSs, man. I'd never seen a movie that you had to change the videotape. Kids are like, what the hell is a VHS? <laughs> you know what I mean? But you had no. to change the videotape halfway through the movie. And honestly, the first half of the movie, I was bored out of my freaking mind. And I'm a kid who watched Forrest Gump. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and Forrest Gump's great. Not necessarily should be entertaining for kids, but I loved it. Yeah. But this movie, I, yeah, I remember just the first half not digging. Second half was great. I just wanted to watch the ship sink and that didn't disappoint at all. Those were great moments. The second half of Titanic, amazing. Loved it. Uh before that though, not interested in the class socialism stuff. <laughs> Social class separation thing. I just want to see I just want to see the ship sink. The dude that uh, the, the moment I always remember is that dude who falls off and like pings off the propeller when <laughs> it's like up in the air, like ping, like I always will remember that. Like that's stuck in my brain. That was seared. But, yeah, no. I think that's an overhyped movie.
0: <laughs> Someone edited a, a Michael Bay cut of Titanic. Have you seen no, that?
1: No, I haven't seen that.
0: So, it's like, it's basically, oh, it's man. Titanic, but it's a bunch of explosions, and, like, the guy falls into the ocean, and yeah. he explodes. <laughs> 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 it's just great. Just Oh, that's great. But, like, man. Like, no, it's, I agree it's with funny, you. I agree though.
1: with you. That's kind of overhyped. But, but on, on the flip side of, of that, that
0: the funny thing about that is we're like, man, that's really overhyped. Like it's it's too long and all this stuff. But like both of us are like, but you want to watch The Lord of the Rings? Yeah, let's watch Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, let's expand the editions. <laughs>
0: ex- the only editions.
1: I'll but watch I think End that, Game for three hours. I don't want to watch Titanic for Titanic. whatever it was. <laughs> like you know.
0: Well, I guess maybe uh, it's not really our type of movie. Like that could be it, maybe. Like it's yeah, just it could not our be that, genre, it, but.
1: And, like, like, again, I haven't watched it as an adult, and I don't know if I really want to, so I just, like, I
0: know, right? Because it just... Yeah,
1: and I might appreciate it more now as an adult, like, understanding the different social classes, right? And, like, what the conflict was there, and I might, like, enjoy it actually more, but I just haven't found
0: the will to go back and watch it yet. but... But, I mean, like, as an adult, I tried watching Gone with the Wind, and I had to turn that off in the first, like couple like i think i don't even make it an hour in i just got you're four. just like i'm, I'm done like, This am out <laughs> and that that one's four hours long yeah why <laughs> like, why <laughs> i don't like I why think, yeah i, I want to say like all the iconic you. things i've like and it, it's a beautiful film it looks great but like oh my goodness like i just i wasn't paying attention to the story and i'm just like not just not into it man i don't know yeah but again maybe it's maybe it's just our cup of tea it's or not a cup of tea it's just like we have our specific preferences just, yeah
1: maybe it just doesn't fit in there but yeah but, no i mean 90s mad great movies hard to pick out just one
0: and i think i think it's difficult it just, it's difficult a lot of people don't take the 90s seriously for a cup like because of the campiness but also because 90s kids may or may not have ruined it by saying oh it's always the best and all that kind of stuff but like there's there's a lot of really good stuff and i think
1: really good stuff in there
0: i've good fellows came out that year yep
1: that decade not year (laughs) yeah
0: but i i've i've really enjoyed revisiting the 90s with you even just just for a little bit it's been fun it's been a a nice change of pace nice change exactly It's a bit rambly at times, but I don't mind. I think I've I've had fun. So uh what's what's on your agenda this week, Matt? What are you what are you looking at for watching? I'm gonna continue watching Vikings.
1: I have over the last two weeks pretty much watched a season a week, man. I like once I got in there, I was like, I can't stop. It's such yep. an interesting show. And it's so good. Like the beginning I found it a little bit slow, but once you keep going and as the seasons go, obviously you just keeps keeps getting ramping yeah and more interesting and they cover so that mo- that show moves so quickly like through time like it doesn't like stick around in a certain time for a period like it moves very quickly as you see like people grow up like within from episode one to like mi- not even middle of season two like he has a kid who's a boy and he's like maybe like 12 or something by the time you're yeah. in the middle of season two, kids like 18, 19, like grown ass man. You know what I mean? Like, so it no doesn't take like it moves very quickly. Like, as far as time period goes. Like, it's not like, okay, this season is this time period and this one's this one. Like it it, it moves along quick, which is good. It's good. Um But yeah, just the characters are really interesting. Like the culture is really interesting. There are some weird episodes where you're like, god damn, that would be uncomfortable, okay. <laughs> very strange, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm loving it so far. So I'm just going to keep continue watching Vikings. Cool. That's what's going awesome. on this week.
0: What about you, But, Um, well, I started watching last airbender last night, like starting isn't like I've watched it like probably about four or five times now in a week. I got a Blu-ray yeah. set, so I'm watching it on Blu-ray and just kind of, it's one I've seen before and it's just, it's a good show, but also I, I upon recommendation started watching the tiger king okay yeah yeah uh, let's just say uh coupling going between the tiger king and then what's happening in the real world none of it's great it (sighs) just makes me everything just makes me really upset and it's like wow everything's awful cool okay (laughs) so 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 i've been so i've been uh trying to balance that with some other things me and my roommate have kind of taken a bit of a break from our marathon Spielberg John Carpenter marathon. We probably should get back into that because I just I think what I need right now is a tiny bit of you should watch Iron Giant separation. Man. Maybe yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Make me that's make a feel, feel good. Better. That's a feel yeah, good man. movie. Yeah, like it's it's just it's one of those things of I think I picked the wrong time to watch a show about terrible people. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> like, I would say because like, I would
0: say. And it's just, it's, it's, but it's like watching it. It's like watching it. A, 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 what's the saying? A train wreck where you just, you can't look away. Cause it's like, ah, this is a all car
1: accident. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, I just, I just, I can't stop watching and I, but I want to, but at the same time I want to just get it oh. done with so I can be like, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's good. But that's actually, that's honestly though where last airbender like has really been kind of a good palette cleanser yeah. for that. Cause it's just, it's, have you watched last airbender before or no? new. I think you'd like it. I think you would really enjoy it cuz you like animation. And it's it's just it's a really solid show beginning to end. I think you yeah, should I've give it a Yeah, you have seen a shot. lot of people
1: talk about it. I'm like, yeah. yeah well, it's I mean, it's, check it's, it out. it's
0: there's a new resurgence cuz it just showed up on Netflix for I think the states cuz I want to say it's been on Netflix up here for a while. But oh, there's okay. become like a there's become like a new resurgence of a bunch of people loving it and like there was a brief thing where some people were like, uh, people jumping on the bandwagon, but like no, man, it's one that, as an Avatar fan, you want as many people to see as possible. It's so good. Like, it's it's really worth it, and it's got one of the best... It's a really good mix of serialized, but also being, like, episodic. Like, where it's, like, right. not every episode ties together, but because there's an overarching story, it totally all ties together. Like, it's really... It works. Yeah, man. It's... Cool. When you finish Vikings, you should watch Last Airbender, because... I'll put not... it on the list. Not the movie, but the show. The movie can... Stop Die. existing. <laughs> that's sure. yeah. yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah, It's usually how it goes. No, but I've, man, I've I've really enjoyed today. It's been kind of laid back, kind of it's not as It's been a nice, man. It's been fun. It's like you said,
1: with everything, with everything going on right now and stuff in the world, and I mean, I know we don't want to, we don't want to get into just, all that because then I'll rant for another two hours and whatnot. But uh it's good just to have some moments of nostalgia, think back on like childhood well, and. Some of the things that bring us joy, right? When we think about even instantaneous joy. And that's what talk about movies is great, man. Yeah.
0: I think even for me and you two, just having this time for us to, you know, connect and talk and like share our appreciation, not just of movies, but of each other. I think that's an important thing to go on right now. And just like, yeah, I've been, been, I know we're only six episodes in, man, but like these podcasts have been like the highlight of like my weeks. I know. It's the same. I hear that,
1: man. I hear that
0: gonna end on a mushy note
1: yeah man don't make me cry get some kleenex
0: <laughs> he actually has kleenex folks wow he's he's really crying he's actually like <laughs> no matt don't get your tears on your microphone you're gonna electrocute us. <laughs> <laughs> death no, my man, tears <laughs> that, oh no <laughs> sounds like that sounds like a it sounds like an emo album right there like, yeah uh, it does Pop punk emo band. If
1: anyone, if I see anyone use that, I'm coming after you.
0: Copyrighted. (laughs) Copyrighted. (laughs) TM. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. All right. So that has been another episode of Feast of Films. I I feel content. I don't feel stuffed today, but I feel like it's been a you know those nice meals where you're just you're satisfied. You know, perfect. Yeah. And that's and that's where I'm feeling today. I'm feeling good. Hope you're feeling good. I hope everyone listening is feeling good. Um, Keep I'm on Ethan shooting R- for
1: the stars, man. Believe exactly. you can fly, people.
0: Believe yep. you can fly. So I'm Ethan R. Hill. I'm Matt Black. And we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Toodaloo. You the my line. <laughs> <laughs> but you took my line. I always say bye-bye. <laughs> Wait, no. How does it go? Oh, I, couldn't re-
1: I can't remember. I don't know. So, I thought so I you said, see- like, bye-bye, and you're like, So long. Ya.
0: Yeah, I know. It Bye bye. So say yeah. your thing. Bye bye. So long. Toodaloo. And may the force be with you. Because I didn't I say it last week. I, I believe,
1: believe I can fight. I believe I can touch, touch the, sky. the sky. I think about it I every night fly. and day. I believe I can fly. I spread my wings and
0: fly away. Fly. I believe I can (laughs) soar.